Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So we're back uh, again with another of our two times a week podcasts. And you guys have spoken. We asked last time about, we teased you endlessly and kind of needlessly about Paul's upcoming car. <laughs> we're not going to tease you on it anymore, but we are going to tell you how, well, you know, it's yeah. kind of fun and it's kind of, it's kind of drawn out at this point. But uh, we, we figured out how we're going to reveal it uh, as you guys kind of helping us and giving your thoughts. So we've kind of figured out a process on that. And uh, let me guess, Paul, you're a little bit excited. I am a little bit excited. I am extremely excited. As a matter of fact, I just talked to the guy, my sales guy from the dealership. Mm -hmm. That might be a little bit too revealing right there. I'm not sure. Anyway, no, I no, talked to him. It doesn't matter. That tells people nothing. You <laughs> bought a car from a dealership. So That's what? True. Anyway, That's moving true. on. Uh, so they are going to be shipping the car. And he just called to give me some information and updates. And uh, it made me think about some questions, and uh, a lot of you have spoken about how we're going to reveal it. And Todd and I thought that we would just simply tease you even more on Instagram and kind of make you guess, <laughs> <laughs> but primarily reveal it on Facebook. I think that's uh, that's going to be appropriate, a short video on Facebook. But, of course, we, we're going to be reviewing it and driving it properly. Mm -hmm. The weather has mm -hmm. to warm up. It's supposed to be Gosh, it's supposed to be snowing again. It's May already, and it's going to be snowing again. Yeah, they're supposed to weekend. deliver your car in the snow, which will be fantastic. <laughs> and, of course, I have my winter tires on, which is helpful too. But, yeah, we're going to be doing some some uh, tease video and some reveal video on uh, social media platforms, both our Facebook and our Instagram. Keep in mind our Instagram is steadily growing. Chance, who's one of our shooters, and actually Gavin, who shoots for us as well, they're both feeding uh, photographs mm, to our Instagram. Yeah. Chance is doing a great job over there. And we have decided that at every 1,000 Instagram followers, we're going to give away some stuff. So. Uh, we're approaching the first 1,000 mark, so keep that in mind, and it will be a good place to learn stuff about this car. But yeah. Uh, yeah. let's hope we get it and uh, are able to shoot something when it's not in the snow. That'd be novel, and that'll be a lot more coming up as well. And <laughs> that'll be speaking novel. Of interesting, yeah, exactly. Speaking <laughs> of interesting snow. cars, uh, Corvette Grand Sport has been officially announced. Yeah, I noticed this. The, the price is what caught my eye because, you know, we've recommended Corvettes occasionally, but this mm -hmm. is quite a car, just reading more stats yeah. and specs about yeah, it. Yeah. And then, of course, Corvettes being the king of bang for the buck, this price caught my eye. I couldn't believe it. $66,000. Well, I mean, it's it's the Z06, mostly the Z06 without the big Z06 supercharged engine. That's mm -hmm. essentially what you're buying. Yeah. And, and it, I was also kind of thinking about this is kind of like it, – it's kind of like the Corvette version of the Porsche GTS in their lineup. It's like – Looks like a turbo, more powerful than the non-turbo, but doesn't have the turbo. It's that kind of <laughs> right, world. Right. And it is that, you know, factory special where they spec it out and they make it, you know, hard for you to duplicate on the spec sheet without on the order sheet without actually it costing you more. Which I love that manufacturers do that. And here this Grand Sport is for, you know, under sixty seven grand. That is gonna be a ton of car for that amount of money. Yeah. Very interesting. And, and you know, the last Grand Sport, you know, was a, actually a really, really good uh, of the C6. Actually, really yeah, that's a great well. point. That's yeah. a great point. And yeah, prices on those have dropped, you know, because of mm -hmm. endless special editions, just like Ford does with the Mustang. By the way, yeah, that yeah. video is coming out this week. Little plug for that. I have watched it is. nearing the final cut and 
really pleased to share this. I'm really excited about this. It's Todd's fun. Done, it's y- fun. You've done a magnificent job on the edit and just we got so much good footage. I can't wait to share this. It's, it's gonna it be is fun. not short, so brace yourself for 20 <laughs> minutes of Mustang madness. So uh, it's going to be cool, though. I'm excited about that. Yeah, it will be. And uh, other things that, that came out this week, you know, there's, we, we have teased the, uh, the Panamera endlessly as not attractive. Well, I have more than Paul has. But, we but, you know, meaning it's, it's you. Not, the, it's the right. royal I, we, I have. the collective we. I, there you go. <laughs> I am not a fan. However, you know, they've also, Porsche has teased that shooting break concept of the Panamera forever. And the thing you and I have talked about, even though you have never disliked it like I have, we no. have both talked about it should have a better rear hatch resolution. And now they're actually saying they're going to bring a shooting break, a more traditional wagon shape, to the U.S. on this car, and I hope so because that starts to look, frankly, sexy. I just think it looks cool. Yeah, that concept looked cool. I mean, here it is on the ring, one of our favorite places. Uh, yes. I'm looking at some of these spy photos right now, and I'm I'm just wondering. I mean, Porsche is taking a page from BMW and creating the niche upon niche. You know, BMW oh, yeah, with yeah. their X4. Like, what what is that? That X5 is just a <laughs> Titch yep. too big, and the X3 is just not big enough. Ah, finally, they mm-hmm. made what I want. Well, we've got Macans and Cayennes and now this, but it's yeah. it's yeah, yeah. it's definitely going to be a looker, I think. And uh, I'm, of course, all for it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that is something I do have to say, though. It's interesting you bring up the, the hyper niche concept because, you know, there's a part of me that just goes, just, just make a redesign. Just decide that the Panamera going forward <laughs> right. just looks like this. Don't offer the, you can get the old uh, style where it has the slopey back, or you can get the hatch. It, it is a yeah. hatch Hopefully anyway. Embrace that it's that. a hatch. Gosh. Make it look attractive. Let's move on. Yeah. But anyway, and then I yeah. wanted to bring up something that you and I have tossed back and forth, and I don't, I don't want to belabor it too much, but it's something that you and I both read. And we have kind of like one degree of separation from this story. So we don't honestly know mm-hmm. much about it, but you may have read about it. Emil Rensing, who is a longtime car guy from New York, he, had, uh, uh, he was the founder of Next New Networks and creating uh, Fastlane Daily, which got J.F. Musial and a lot of guys their start over at Fastlane Daily. I mean, Matt Farah and a lot of those folks that are now went, went on to drive were originally working for Fastlane Daily. Uh, before it was sold to YouTube under Next New Network. So, I mean, Immel did that. He helped get Drive off the ground, and he worked for, then he signed up with, I think it was Encore, no, Epic, sorry, Epic in uh, in L.A. And I remember when he signed up there, I remember kind of going, that seems like quite an interesting leap from his history to doing, I guess it was like new media or something over there at Epic's. And now he is being investigated slash arrested for, we're not exactly sure what the realities of it will be, but allegedly... Uh, kind of taking some money and uh, and not actually getting some product. So where that goes, I don't know. But there's, wow. uh, there's not a lot of information and reading an interesting article with a bit more by Patrick George over at Jalopnik. He's writing that, and indeed he was arrested last week of April 2016 here by the FBI in New York. And that's never yep. good. Whether the uh, indictments stick, whether the allegations are true or not, it's never actually good when the FBI the, shows though, up at your door. It's just, yeah, though at the moment it is an allegedly situation when you are arrested by the FBI, you're right. That doesn't look – that's not a resume item. That is not something you write down as, my past employment history includes arrested by the FBI. You're I mean, right. No matter it's, how uh, that goes, it looks bad. 
it does. I mean, we, we don't know Emil. You know, we're like you said, we've brushed up against you know him and you know through Fastlane Daily and the Drive Channel, and it's unclear yeah, yeah. as to what all is going down. Again, and there's not a lot of information currently about what happened. You know, past that, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's going to be more coming, but it's just a bit sort of like, wow, I, that's that's too bad. Well, that's I mean, that's the thing. Like the only re- the number one. The number one reason you and I felt like we needed to talk about it and talked about it ourselves is because Emil is this guy whose name and influence we have kind of bumped up against multiple times. Yeah. Never actually yeah. met him, but that's been a name that's been in circles close to us for more than a decade at this point. So it was really quite quite bizarre. And, of course, me coming out of the film industry, I remember when he got hired over at Epics, I thought, that's strange mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. and so it's it and then actually when i read about it i read about it in variety which of course is the uh, is the industry newspaper the, the film industry newspaper so of course their their bent on it was not really about web uh, web video for cars and much more about here's what's going on at the studio so uh, who knows where it goes but i love your i love your wrap-up when the <laughs> fbi arrests you that's not good news so anyway uh <laughs> i don't care what it's move. for even if you're innocent exactly. Well, you probably are innocent until proven guilty. I mean, you are at least in the United are, States, yeah, but uh, it's it's never a good sign. That's that's. But not no, a good you're way right. You 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 could Monday. you could have not done anything, but after your neighbors see you hauled away by the FBI, <laughs> you're not going to be welcome anymore. I'm just saying that's that's bad news. It's ba- there will be no more dinner parties for you. Uh, anyway, we should move on to the car debate. Uh, Jean Rene wrote to us oh, from funny. Quebec, <laughs> and uh, Jean Rene, you did not send a book. Uh, you actually sent like the encyclopedia series of your car debate. I I I, I was reading, and then I'm reading more, and then I'm reading more, and I'm a guy that writes too. You you, you are, are the ever... king of this too, and I don't think we've ever yes. gotten a longer email. To be honest, this is pretty I, funny. I agree. It's very I agree. detailed. It, it just kept going. It kept going, and I and I'm trying. I'm trying. And and thanks, John Renee. Honestly. Uh, and you make a lot of comments on Facebook and other things. So thank you very much for sending yeah, in Yeah, thank you so much. And, and just being a fan of what we do, which is cool. He's 25, married, doesn't have any kids yet. They're probably a few years away. And kind of the headline of this is, guess what? You like Acuras. That's, that's kind of the, yeah, that comes through here for sure. Well, I, I chose this. And Jean-René, uh, you had written in for some Facebook questions earlier. And I told you we were going to turn this into a... A longer car debate, and you did, man. This is, this is crazy. He's writing us from Dolbeau, Quebec, Canada, and we've got actually a lot of Canadian listeners and a lot of Canadians fans. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys very much for listening and for writing in. So that stuck out to me. But we also get can into I, this. Can I, uh, can I sidetrack us there for a second? And that is, okay. Yes, we know. Yes, we know. Rear wheel <laughs> yes. drive in the snow was not a huge Canadian snowstorm. Yes, we know. That yeah. was not the point of that video. <laughs> thank funny. you, Canada, for writing in. Yes, yes. moving on. Funny, funny. Well, I I was saying because you've heard Todd and I say when people write to us with 25,000 and I need a sedan and it's got to be all-wheel drive and it's got to be good Mm -hmm. for weather, we always just – we've stopped saying it. Just WRX, Subaru WRX. But what caught my eye about Jean Rene's email is that he's a fan of Acuras, but I think it opens the discussion more towards – what happened to all the cool Japanese sports sedans, the four doors? Mm, Subaru mm. aside, and Jean Rene has actually expressed Subarus are fine, but he's really not interested in them, and they're yeah. not the, always the right choice for everybody. They're not always the answer. Whereas yeah, it's Miata's kind of something he doesn't really want. So I, that's, yeah, um, right. that's and a, so a very I, good point. I was talking to Todd just before this uh, podcast and saying this is actually a bigger subject here, and he's brought up a great point about 
Japanese sports sedans. I mean, the 90s was the decade for Japanese cars. Sports cars, I mean, you name it. It was just yeah. all about yeah. the Japanese cars. And, you know, until Infinity quits teasing us and actually builds that Eau Rouge concept, which they've now said they're not going to, <laughs> it's that yeah. uh, Q50 powered by the GTR engine, 560 horsepower in an Infinity Q60 or Q50. That's the kind of thing we want, enthusiasts want, that can haul yeah. your family and meet the needs. Now it's going to be expensive, but there's a, there's a scarcity. There's a, a dearth of these kinds of cars, and I, I I like this you know sort of conversation and you know what John Rene has brought up, even though his budget is not on the far end of that scale. But that's true, that's what we're true. here to talk about. You know what you just made me think of? Hmm. I hadn't. I don't know why I hadn't put this together before. Maybe I'm slow, but the Eau Rouge concept. Mm-hmm. And the Nismo uh, Juke R thing, okay? Right, right. Those sh- suggest to me that there is somebody, there is somebody that's like the drunken uncle over at Nismo that just stands <laughs> in the corner and looks at the GTR engine block and goes, you know what I could put that in? I could put that in this. And like gets out a crowbar and a couple of wrenches and goes, I'm going to try it. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. It's the Brits. Because the it, Brits did that with the with the Juke concept. They went, huh. I wonder if that'll fit. Get out your tape measure. Hey, Billy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it cracks me up because, because, I mean, if, you, if you've seen, if you haven't looked them up, if you've seen the hood open photo of the Juke R with the GTR engine in it, half of it is underneath like the firewall area. I, you, you'd have to drop the engine to do anything. I think you also yeah. have to drop the engine to pull the dipstick. It's insane <laughs> how much of that engine is not reachable. And yet somebody was like, I could fit that in there. Same thing happened with the with the Infinity. Yeah. It's, it literally just feels like somebody's got an engine lift and too much time on their hands over at Nissan. I mean, honestly. That's funny. But anyway. I, I Yeah, I felt like uh, the response from Infinity is, we're not going to build it because it's too niche of a vehicle. And I thought, well, all your European <laughs> counterparts are eating your lunch in the niche category. And you, of all people, Infinity with the naming convention, and you're, you're, that's too niche? I mean, there's, yeah. there's a market for that. But I don't work for Infinity, and uh, I didn't get a phone this call from them. I don't remember receiving a phone call asking me for my opinion. So, um, well, well we, we will give it anyway. This is the joy of the podcast. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Give it anyway. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody really asked, but we're going to say anyway. Yeah, I take your point. Funny. So, um, so you have this, you have this Acura, this uh, CSX, a Canadian-only uh, Acura, actually, Jean Bonnet, that is, uh, you've told us, it's basically the 8th gen Civic, uh, it's a Civic-based Acura, or the 8th eighth, eighth gen Acura, I mean, 8th eighth gen Civic, I'm sorry. So you've had it a few years, your wife and I, you're, you and your wife still have it, and you're kind of <laughs> going, okay, I love this. When it dies, what do I do? Hey, guys, I'd like another Acura. And, of course, that makes my mind go, no, let's get something else. Yeah. Let's talk through what the, what the options are. This is pretty funny because uh, Jean-René has nicknamed his car Sabre. So we're going to refer to it as Sabre throughout. He Must bought we? it for actually a low price. I think that's kind of funny. Um, he bought it for I a low price. Naming cars. Okay, so, all right, go on, go on. Oh, heck, your wife names cars, so, you know, I'm just saying. I know. I, I didn't just, say it was a good idea. I didn't. <laughs> just putting that out there. I mean, she names cars. No, she, she names them, and I go, okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And she's listening to this and, yeah, shaking her head at both of us. Anyway, um, so Jean-René. Doesn't anyway, doesn't need to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that. true. Yeah. That's true. Jean-René has driven cars that are hot. So he's driven a Lamborghini. He's driven a Golf R. He he definitely knows what he likes, but you know, limit to a budget on a teacher's salary. I understand that, 
and he's mm-hmm. looking for something that you know gives him that joy. He's indicated that, like I said, the Subarus don't really, you know, not really blowing his skirt up, and uh, listed a few other things here. Coming back to Acuras, but it just made me think the choices that we have for a Japanese sports sedan enthusiast that mm-hmm. want to upgrade mm-hmm. or you know move on within the Acura lineup, they're pretty limited worldwide. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is interesting, although I, I've come up with, uh, I'll have to count here. How many did I come up with here? Six or so? Paul's seven? come up with 17 options in spite of that. Yeah, Two, exactly. three, four, five, six. But <laughs> Mitsubishi's not on the list. I mean, Mitsubishi's dead to us. I mean, come on. Yeah, they are. It's Apparently sad. cash yeah. to weather that storm, but whatever. They're, who cares? Well, but he's also said he would prefer handling over power. He doesn't want a car that feels mm-hmm. big and heavy. Mm-hmm. For handling over power, but I mean, he wants heated seats and you know heated sunroof. I mean, heated sunroof. Good Todd. Heated wheel. Heated sunroof. And sunroof ideally. Huh. Heated sunroof. It's awesome. Don't those heat themselves? <laughs> Isn't that the anyway, sun? Uh, yeah, but anyway. but it is Canada, so he does want that kind of stuff. He'd love to have a, a dual clutch manual. I mean, you're kind of going through playing. You know. I I went to the salad bar here and tried to build a car, which I don't know that that car exists. But, um, okay, we're looking here. We've got about twenty five to $30,000 Canadian is what we're dealing with. Yes. And yes. I've got, uh, I mean, you've looked at the TSX. Of course you have. You looked at the TL. Yes, of course you have. I mean, these are all the accurate, obvious choices. I'm going to suggest, I know you're not going to be shocked, but I'm going to suggest things that are not accurate just to break you out of the mold and to get you a different ownership experience for a while. But you have definitely cornered us into a Japanese car, which comes back to Paul's point of, okay, there's not what there used to be. So I've got a couple, but where are you? Well, I've got a couple manufacturers, I guess four that fit into really what he's looking for. I mean, Jean-René, the ILX is the next logical choice for you. You know, go, go get a brand, mm-hmm. one of the, brand new one of those. But again, I'm kind of with Todd. Let's get you away from Acura. Not because they're bad cars, and you've also indicated that you want to dig into the history and sort of feel like you're not just owning the the car itself. You're owning the brand. You're owning maybe racing history or something like that. And I thought that brought me to Mazda because Mazda does have mm, a, a mm. great racing lineage. I, I mean, they're they're known for great handling, lightweight cars. I mean, look yeah. at their look at their corporate tagline. This is what they're all about. And they're actually true, winning true. with with that Mazda six diesel. I mean, they're they're winning in their class. Of course, the MX five is a great car, and uh, that brought me around to a brand new Mazda three Sport, which is available mm-hmm. in Canada mm-hmm. for right in your price range. And I thought you mentioned this, Jean Rene. I thought this could be uh, could be yeah. kind of cool. And I wonder if that popped up on your list too. Well, yeah, he's asked about the three here, and I'm really glad. That's a great instinct on your part, Jean Rene, because because it's. The, the Mazda 3 really is, okay, you stayed Japanese, but it's that interior is much better than the price point suggests. I mean, it's funny. You have on one end of the spectrum, you have like the, well, the FRS, BRZ, for example, at roughly the same price, and the, and the interior looks like something out of a $12,000, $15,000 car. Or you have the Mazda 3 at twenty five grand, and you go, this looks like a nicer interior than that. So, I mean, they've done that really well. And yet it is dynamically interesting. I think if you haven't driven it yet, you bring it up as kind of a, would this work? And my my short answer, I think Paul's is too, is yes, definitely, please go drive that. That definitely made my list, yeah. Yeah, I I thought of something a little bit bigger, and that's the Mazda 6. Unfortunately, there's not really a sports sedan, I guess, version of that. It's just their bigger car. Mm -hmm. It's more like a Camry competitor. I mean, we like it. I like the styling of... 
Accords and Camrys and blah cars on the planet, the Mazda 6 definitely stands out. But uh, you asked about the Nissan Maxima, and I'm just going to steer you away from that, pun intended, because the CVT. It just isn't. Mm. When it was born back in 89, it was positioned as the four-door sports sedan. But it yeah. grew out of that. It grew big and clumsy. I do like the new styling. Have not driven the brand new one, but just thought that CVT just kills it for everybody unless you're renting yeah. it. So <laughs> maybe, but ugh, I just it's it's frustrating to see that. I would have loved Nissan to take that more in the direction of, you know, yeah, something hot. I mean, they have Nissan's entire engine lineup. Drop a 370Z engine in that thing and... We're yeah. good to go. I mean, what's, what's well, and, the problem? Well, and give it, give it a real automatic. I mean, that's the, that's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, they could have taken – you bring up a great point. They could have taken essentially the the good things about that 370. They could have gone – you know, because you can get the 370 in an automatic. That's not a CVT. You can sure. get the automatic and that engine out of the 370. Uh, what if you offered – here's a crazy idea uh, over there at Nissan. What if you offered a Maxima – with the six-speed, too. Never going to happen, but hey, I, while I'm dreaming, I'll just keep dreaming. <laughs> Why are product uh, you know, planners I mean, calling us? I, I'm yeah. waiting for my phone to ring here. I'm staring at it. Guess I'll <laughs> They're dropping off the it. podcast like flies. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Funny. Um, I also was uh, intrigued by the IS. We've recommended the Lexus IS, both the 250 mm-hmm. and the 300 for you. But what about totally the GS350? Great. That 2013 used is still in the sweet spot. It's about 25000 mm. at least U.S., it's a bigger car. Is it a sports sedan? It might be a heavy pig for all I know. But we like Lexus, what they're doing, and they're definitely getting more towards the, hey, this is surprising. I, I actually like this kind of category yeah. for us, especially every every track day that we drive them at least. And so, uh, yeah, the GS. I don't know if we've ever recommended the GS before, but at least something to go drive as a benchmark. At least go benchmark you- that car. Yeah, I mean, I wonder about that being just too large, but at the same time, but it, I mean, it's, you know, Mazda 6 size, roughly. But you bring mm-hmm. up an interesting side note that we haven't really talked about before, and I don't know why this is, but of all of the manufacturers you can think of, who when we go to a press track day, you think they're going to bring half their lineup because half their lineup belongs on the track. And yet we wind up at all of these track days, and here's every variation of the Lexus that they want you right. to put on the track. And right. I always think... Is that odd? Because it feels <laughs> odd. Yeah, that, that. I mean, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I actually prefer the IS for you, Jean Rene, over the over the GS. But I mean, that's just my instinct there. And uh, you know, the better one, the higher the engine, and the more F Sport you could get. I would say to you this though, I would say two fifty F Sport over three fifty non. Depending Agreed. upon how your budget works. Agreed. Right. So uh, right. you know, that's that's a pretty cool car. The only German option I'm throwing out here because you said you did, you wanted to avoid BMW. I am going to say, look at an old Audi S4, because I could you could go that. back a bit yeah. and get an S4, and it would be a totally different experience. All-wheel drive, it's going to have a different dynamic, but the interiors are great. Yes, it will be more expensive to maintain. I mean, we've already talked about Acura being kind of an unsung brand that people forget about, and they are excellent value for money. So you're going to, that's going to be a, a probably a step backwards in some ways, but it is a totally different driving experience. And I think the S4 is a surprising deal used, and you should look because I think it would fit that category for sure. Hmm. Very interesting. I mean, yeah, we're, we're uh, Subaru aside, the Infiniti G37 aside, and Mitsubishi is dead. Besides what we're talking about, this is my point. We're kind of at yeah. the standstill of Japanese cool, fun sports sedans. There are other sports yeah. cars, the two doors that we, that we name, the coupes, 
but it's just I, I'm ready for the Japanese to really come out with something, but I figure they're probably too busy turning their Honda Asimo robot into a driverless car that'll take us around <laughs> wherever, and they're completely forgotten about us enthusiasts over brought, here with their sports Brought sedan to you by Uber. Well, but so. you just stepped past the Infiniti G37 sedan, and I want, I want to come back to that, though. Because, okay, all right. You know, Infiniti, that's definitely on my list. And here's the thing. The G37 is now a few years old, obviously, but you haven't owned rear-wheel drive. You haven't owned rear-wheel drive biased. Mm, and mm, you could get that point. car all-wheel drive, of course. But honestly, every time we've driven that, we drove that G37, I always thought it was 80 90% the dynamics of the equivalent 3 series at the time. And at 25 grand or so, you're going to have your pick of those. You could find yourself a nice one. And, you know, we're talking about the Nissan good engines. Uh I sometimes feel like those Infinity interiors seem to age a little fast. I'm not really sure why that is, hmm. but I do remember good seats Decent uh, electronic interaction, you know, the whole center console electronics were decent. And uh, this is before they went steer by wire, so the steering is pretty good as well. I think you should drive a G37 sedan. I think it might surprise you. That's kind of my lead pick for you. That and the IS, I think, are Lexus IS are the two I think you need to go drive. And then my, my trailing one is the Audi S4, if, for nothing else, just for comparison and life experience. Hmm. Interesting. I'm uh, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm leaning towards the IS as well. I really like that car, and then uh, maybe the Mazda just for the racing heritage that it's got, and the fact that it is a fun little inexpensive car. I mean, we we like yeah. that car. Yeah. So um, something to consider. Yeah. But before we move on, John Renee, I wanted to leave you with something that uh, my brain went to, and aside from the car choices, and it just had to do with. You know, funds. I mean, we support educators, of course, tremendously appreciate what you do for us. And I thought, huh, I wonder if your t your school or your teacher's credit union might offer a discount because you're an educator in the U.S. Mm. General Motors offers the GMEducatorDiscount.com. I even looked it up. Unfortunately, mm. it's only for the U.S., but they offer discounts on brand new cars to teachers, to educators. And I thought, huh, Interesting. I wonder if yeah. uh, Canada might do something similar just to, mm. you know, as a, an appreciation. That was GM's whole point in, in offering this uh, to, huh. to educators. So kind of a side note, but uh, I just wanted you to be aware of sometimes banks, credit unions. I know they might do it for military. You know, there's there's sometimes special special groups that uh, that will get uh, appreciation and love in that sense. So at least something I, I to investigate. Definitely, definitely. That's cool. I, I mean, never heard of that before myself. And I often think that you and I are connected to different internets because you know about sites and things that happen on the internet that I've never heard about. I'm like, where did that come from? So yeah, so your so your internet showed that to you, Paul and John Renee. Maybe you have the same internet. So uh, good job. It's the internet we'll two, two point yeah, something. I, I you're know. on. You're on like three point I don't know what happened there, but I am not with you yet. Anyway, moving on. Funny, uh, so funny. we should probably move on to Facebook questions, and we're doing this obviously uh, twice a week now, and we are trying to post before we go and record this podcast. We just post for Facebook questions, and I have to say, I, I forget whose initial idea this was. I feel like it was yours, Paul, that we were going to do this post right before, but I'm loving this because of the, the breadth of topics that it is bringing to every single podcast. 
It uh, really is. You know, we're just we're we're able to cover a lot of random things, and you guys I keep surprising me with, huh? I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. So we've got I've got four or five that I want to talk about tonight from Facebook. And I imagine you probably have some as well. I do. I want to jump in as a follow-up. Speaking of different topics, I had put this out there on our last podcast about the longer wheelbase models in China. And Ian Watson wrote back. You can read this on our Facebook page, but I wanted to read this response to you. Some good information here about uh, what he was saying about the long wheelbase models in China and just driving in China. He was saying that it is traditionally frowned upon to drive a model of a car that is a higher perceived value than your direct manager's or your boss's car. Well, that's not just in China. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're seeing that in the U.S., and I'm sure it exists in Europe and, and elsewhere on the planet as well. I mean, it's, it's a thing to go, huh, suddenly my new car is nicer. Even if you shopped smart and paid less for it, yeah. it's that perception, yeah. which we under- so understand. Strange. Um, we understand. We don't agree. We say buy the nicer <laughs> exactly. car and just be smart about it. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it does exist. That's sad but true. Exactly. And then he goes on to say it's also traditional for business people to be chauffeured around. And so yeah. that leaves a hole for longer wheelbase cars. And just about every European auto manufacturer is doing that. So good information, Ian. Really appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. Some good insight there. And, uh, yeah, just more of a follow-up than necessarily a question. But I thought that – that uh, kind of gave some good insight into the Chinese car market there. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed this, but one of the cool side notes that's coming out of the Facebook questions is that you know we aren't necessarily covering uh, covering everything, and and you know there's lots of times when uh, some model specific question will be asked, and and I'll be honest, there's a lot of model specific minutia that Paul and I don't begin to know, but people that have owned the cars for 20 years or whatever, there was a guy with the 9044 question last time that. We touched on a little bit, and then I noticed a couple of people hopped in with 944 experience and went, here's what you need to know. So there's a level mm-hmm. of kind of right. forum being created on our Facebook page with these questions. So keep that in mind as well. I mean, we will try to cover as best we can, but others that may have much more experience in a specific car than we do may may hop in and help you too, which I really love seeing that. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty good. Uh, you said you picked out a few questions here. I'm curious which ones caught your eye. I did, yeah. I mean, uh, Dammy, who's one of our long-term listeners and viewers and writes a lot of uh, good questions to us or comments along the way, he said, where did you ever see a car somewhere unexpected and wonder, how did you get here? (laughs) And for a while, I couldn't think of a car, and then I thought of specifically something car-related I saw once that relates to this question. Okay, I'm curious. I I was on a hike in the mountains outside of L.A., you know, the the Los Angeles uh, foothills there. And, you know, they get pretty high. They get seven, eight, nine thousand 9,000 feet. They're, they're actually, they turn into mountains there if you go to get high enough. And I was hiking a long way from my car, okay? You can drive up to a point, but then I was hiking a lot further than that, and there was like this broken down ski run uh, lift thing with an old uh, rusted out hut. I mean, like, the, okay. like this derelict, like ghost town ski resort thing. Right. Behind this random hut was a straight eight engine block. No really? car. Straight eight engine block. And I remember thinking, okay, first off, that engine's like 60 years old. (laughs) Secondly, when that engine was new, there were no roads up here. What on earth? Who hauled a straight eight engine up here and for what purpose? And it was just, it was rusted to nothing. And I I remember standing there going, why? Wait, what? Straight eight engine and no and no car skeleton anywhere. I mean, at least if it had been like I drove my old straight eight up here and you know got off road and it died, that's one thing. It was just the block. Was Remember there going, a mining what? activity? 
you know, some sort of, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sometimes yeah. extra spare parts hauled up there. Or yeah. Something. Oh, there's part of me that wondered that they use that to try to drive this, try to drive this derelict ski lift with it. That was the only idea I had, but I, but it wasn't connected to anything. It was just like out behind the shed. We got a rustic out straight eight, eight block. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, I don't think I've ever, Dammy, I don't think I've ever uh, seen something like that. He was mentioning his story about a DeLorean in the middle of nowhere, outskirts of Lagos, yeah. Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. How did that get there? Although the DeLorean's mm-hmm. not going to rust away because it's stainless. So um, This is true. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've ever really been uh, in a situation like that. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, what else? Looking down the list here, um, <laughs> Robert Young's question stood out to me about uh, oh yeah, how do you yeah, let yeah. go of a car you love so you can experience something like that, something else, you know, some other kind of car? How do you let go of a car? Yeah, how do you move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, and- autotrader.com, for sale, <laughs> describe your car, post for yeah. sale, done. No, I... Uh, well, but, but Robert... <laughs> Robert brings up that point that you and I had when you had your Cayman S, you know? Uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. you were you were moving, you were looking to sell it, and you were struggling with selling it. And I made a comment to you that I didn't make to be profound, and it really struck you. And I just thought about and it sort of made me think about the realities of this. I, I feel like as enthusiasts, we very often – if you're an enthusiast, you run into one of two camps – you know, and, and, and Jean Rene, who we've talked about already this evening, is an example of one of these camps. You wind up with a car you love, and because you love it, you never want to get rid of it. And that's your brand, and that's your car, and you stay in it. And then you have right. the other enthusiasts who move on every single six months. So the problem is, where do you find a middle ground there? You know, and, and, I, and I feel like I was certainly raised. My parents definitely raised me to be a buy a car and drive it until it literally dies on you and cannot be resuscitated, which does <laughs> and it's not worth really nothing at that point. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what I would say to you, Robert, here's here's the key thing. If you're curious about getting other car experience, I would say, remember this. You don't have to sell a car because you hate it. It can still be a car you like. There's no reason you can't get out of a car that you still enjoy because it will still be around. If you, if you decide it's the one that got away, they made more, okay? It's not, it, it isn't the girl that got away. You will be able to find another one. If you really decide down the road you need another one, they will still exist. But you can yeah. sell a car you, you still like. There's nothing wrong with that. And I would also say to be more practical about it, when your car that you love and are still hanging on to is starting to cost the better part of your monthly payment for a new one, if you break it down, like separate it out for 12 months of a year, how much did you spend on this car? It's probably time to look. It probably is. That was the profound thing that you said to me. You don't have to hate it to, to sell it. And it it opened up this, you're right. It, it just, my, my thinking really switched at that point because, yeah. yeah, you don't have to dislike it to let it go. And it started for me, I think it started for us, when we really started to drive a lot of other cars. We kind of started mm-hmm. to date around a lot, essentially, and yeah, drove exactly. a whole yeah. bunch of other cars and went, wow, Mitsubishi Evo, pretty great. I didn't realize mm-hmm. I would like it so much. Lotus, McLarens, you know, all these other cars that we thought, huh, I've heard of them, never really tried them. Yeah. Didn't realize it had a place in my heart, too. So as soon as you mm-hmm, start to drive mm-hmm. more things, Robert, it's going to grow. And therefore, it's going to make you let go of that. Say, like, yes, I still like that car. I'm selling it to like this over here for a while. If I want to go back, I yeah. can. 
It's yeah, it's allowing yourself. It's sort of giving yourself permission to be able to do that. I and agree. Uh, if you don't, yeah, you're going to be stuck hanging on to the same. Well, it's it's my brand. It's my thing. It's my, you know, and and this coming from me, you know, that <laughs> I realize yes. that sounds a bit hypocritical, but there there are cars that. I love, I genuinely love that I didn't think mm-hmm. I'd have any love for. And uh, I, I think that's kind of where it starts. So it's different for everybody. Life experience or life circumstance, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you got to sell it because you need the money or whatever, you know. But uh, but I'd say that's that, that was a really profound thought. It sounds simple, but it was a profound thought, at least for me. So anyway. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I have another one, but uh, let's see. It was uh, Colin. Do you see Colin's question? Uh, scrolling down. It's, oh, <laughs> which would you rather drive on a fun road? Yeah, here the we most go. fun hybrid or electric car, or the dullest, most yawn-inducing car with an internal combustion engine? <laughs> Price limit of forty-five thousand dollars. Now, Colin, I want to say this to you. Uh, I really, I mean, look, I I love the internal combustion engine. I love the sound of it. I love the interaction with it. I like you know a, a stick shift with that. There is a mechanical reality of that that is just engaging. To be completely candid with you, though. I don't really care where the power is coming from. That is secondary to me off of the driving experience and the weight shift and the handling. So I would definitely personally go for a fun hybrid or electric electric than a boring internal combustion car. Every single day I would pick that. And I even have my number one choice, staying within your parameters of 45K. If we were going to say go buy a hybrid for fun driving, I would buy the CRZ and be done. Oh, I was thinking electric. Honda CRZ, huh. Honda CRZ, six-speed, hybrid, finished, small car, surprisingly agile. I mean, it, it understeers, but I mean, of course it does. But it's not, it's not terrible. It was genuinely fun to drive that car. Great Honda six-speed. That would be my choice without question. Huh, that's pretty good. I am in a, I'm in full agreement with you here. It doesn't matter hey, where the where that. the motivation is coming from. Because Colin, you know the two cars you've described here, and I price limit aside, I had to throw that out. My brain is stuck on these two cars. You've described okay. a Toyota Corolla and a Tesla Roadster, the first Tesla. Sure, sure. Those yeah. are the two cars you've described. I don't care that it's electric. I care that it's sleek and fun, and it's based yeah. on a Lotus Elise and a yawn-inducing internal combustion Corolla. I don't care. <laughs> Those are the two cars you've named. I, I can't get past that for some reason. But then, yeah, yeah. limited to 45K, I can't do it because those roadsters are still bucks. But, yeah, that, <laughs> that good question, though. That was pretty funny. Well, but I would even say, you know, I mean, I think about it. The, the Prius and the Volt. Now, I will acknowledge we have not driven the new hyper-ugly, I-can-be-uglier-than-you latest version of the Prius. Do but we need prior to, though? To that, do we need no, to? Not really. No. I need? No, that doesn't fit the need category. Not at all. No. Uh, no, that's not, yeah, definitely not. But... <laughs> But any time I got in a Volt versus a Prius, I preferred driving the Volt mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. Now, are either one of those Canyon Carvers? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. But just the driving them for what they're made for, commute, you know, drive around and do errands, it was fascinating to me that any time I got in a Volt, I was like, this is better than a Prius. I could just, it just felt like it. So there is a range of, uh, there is a range of driver involvement and quality in that regard. And look, I realize that's personal, but I, it is interesting. Even in that world of just hybrids, there's a, there's a difference. That's pretty awesome. I, great question though. I mean, these are getting mm-hmm. creative. I mean, we were talking about yeah. movies at one point and then, yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
it's really stretching us. And I like that you guys think like this. This is pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of creative questions, I saw one from Jonathan Drake here asking us to create a Frankenstein car by combining components. Oh, so engine transmission components, the body type, the design, the characteristics huh. of driving that we like, the exhaust note. And he brought up the Singer, uh, Porsche Singer cars, but kind of opening that up to any sort of car. And this sounds yeah. like a design challenge, actually. This is sort of, yeah. <laughs> you know, if we could take the, the handling from this car combined with that kind of power, no car is perfect. So it's kind of like Jonathan's no, asking yeah. us to sort of create the perfect, you know, sounds like a perfect driver's car, but they all yeah. hit a different sweet spot in your heart. You know, they all do different things for you. McLarens are fabulous cars. Yeah. They have been described as being a little bit cold. Then there's the GTR end of the scale, where it does apparently sure, does everything sure. perfectly well, and it's a Japanese robot. We just don't care. And mm. then, you know, where where does where do you introduce that, you know, je ne sais quoi, that it speaks to me kind of thing? <laughs> How do you add that yeah. to a car, like yeah. an M3 or, a, you know, things like that, where the the parts are are, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Sure. How do you do well, that? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to tackle this. This is this is interesting. I agree. I'm gonna try to tackle this. Have you got a Have you got a combo on this? <laughs> I'm I'm still thinking. Actually, I'm almost okay. wanting to whip out my sketch pad more than anything. But but uh, well, of course you I'm would. Curious. You're gonna sit down and draw it. I, I don't have that skill set. I mean, here's here's what strikes me. I would say the drive line, meaning engine and transmission, from uh, the current BMW range. Because every time I drive a current, especially a high performance current BMW, it feels faster with a better gearbox than I expect when I sit down into the car. Every single one of them, the high performance that I drive is that way. So I would say drive line from a Beamer. Uh, and then from there, where would I go? I would have to do handling and suspension characteristic, characteristics by Lotus. I, I know nobody's surprised, mm. but I would have to do mm. that. I would say engineering and build feel. From the Porsche guys, because yeah, yeah. you just get a sense that their stuff is well engineered, and it typically, especially in German high performance models, they are far more reliable. Even though they're not cheap to maintain, they tend to be far more reliable. So I would have them do that, and then design would have to be like Alpha. Hmm, you like the Alpha, huh? That's, that's well, funny. I just think they I Styling. like their design sensibility. Their their design sensibility, but it would be what would that be on top of everybody else's? contributions. I, I just think it's interesting. Yeah. Well, like I said, you can ask an Italian busboy for design help. I mean, they can sort of carve you a little, you know, whatever sculpture out of your mashed potatoes for you. <laughs> the Italians know proportion and design. This, this person left a this person left a napkin and now it will make it genius. Yeah. <laughs> your you. your uh, BMW driveline has put you in the front engine category. But that's funny. Um hmm. I'm still thinking about this one, Jonathan. I'm gonna Yeah. I'm going to think about this one some more. I don't really have a good sense. Tune, tune in next podcast when Paul answers this question. Yeah. Brace yourself. There will be sketches. It'll have to be sketches. more in-depth. There, there, yeah, there'll be a whole follow-along. I'll There's sit quietly while Paul tries to explain a sketch. Yes. There's going to be a mood board I where I started. Here's my prospective customer. And then a we went to concept board. scores, concept sketches. Uh, then we go to renderings, uh, and I might bring a quarter-scale model if you're lucky. So uh, <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> make it stop. No, I, uh, I'm with you on the Italian styling. It'd have to be something. The latest Ferraris are really pretty. They're just that 488, yeah. 
They're yeah. just pretty. But I would say build quality from Porsche. Uh, I like a lot of things about the feeling I got in that McLaren 12C that we drove in Germany. I just mm-hmm. liked that car a lot. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's a feeling. That's not a driveline. That's not a handling. That's just a feeling, and that's what I keep coming back to. So I'll keep that's working hard. on this. It's hard to just engineer. Yeah, I hear you. I'll keep working uh, on well, this. Well, I – Huh. You had mentioned this to me before. I'm wondering if we should cover it. Should we cover Julian's question and then and then kind of wrap it up? Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm I'm uh, okay. I'm game. Julian's kind of Julian's kind of calling me out here. He says he's asking a question for me as the filmmaker. He's saying he's he's watched a lot of older car reviews, older car videos, and he feels like the cars in those videos just don't look as good. They feel like they're older and the paint's not as good, and they just the, the engine bays are dirty. And he's sitting here going, why? Does it look that way? And I have a couple of thoughts on why, you know, the car reviews are looking better. And I think it's two things. One, it's people getting, people paying more attention. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason they're paying more attention is the increase of technology. And I'm going to give you an example that is not out of cars at all. Okay. And then I'm going to give you a car example too. But when, when television started going HD, a lot of people that worked in television had to change their tactics. The two biggest ones were the people that painted sets had to paint sets differently and in many cases paint them better because the HD camera showed it off as much more fake than the SD camera ever did. The same was true of makeup. A lot of makeup artists had to go to what literally is airbrushed makeup because the transitions going from the tools they were using, the transitions of blush and this kind of thing, you could see the lines in HD and you couldn't see them in SD. So they had to totally change their tactics because technology improved and the image got clearer. That is an issue even in car reviews. If you think about Motor Week shooting 30 years ago, they're shooting SD public television. Mm-hmm. How good's the quality of that going to be? How much are you going to see inside the engine bay is part of it. So there's that. But now we're watching stuff. I'll give you a very modern example. I have an almost seven-year-old son. And guess what? He's obsessed with Star Wars. We've watched it a lot. If you want to be curious, (laughs) watch watch Star Wars New Hope, the 1977 movie, or Empire Strikes Back, the 1980 movie. Watch those in HD, and you will be shocked if you pay attention at how bad some of the costumes look. And like Darth Vader in the first movie – we think of him as this terrible, menacing thing. If you look at him in HD, the costume's not even painted well. It's like painted sloppy. But at the time, the way they shot it on film, and when you would have finally seen it in your theater and it would have been dim, and you would have, when you saw it on, on VHS later, it would have been SD, nobody noticed. Now we're seeing it in brilliant HD going, wow, that's not well painted. And there is a section in Hoth. I know I'm getting geeky. There's a section in Hoth uh, when they're flying the snowspeeders. In the beginning of the second movie of Empire Strikes Back, literally one of the accents they've they've put in the cockpit is bubble wrap. It's bubble wrap as in like a design accent. When you saw it originally, you never knew. You see it in HD, you're like, he's got bubble wrap on his shoulder. So that has changed things a lot. And then my last rant on this is look at early Top Gear. And I don't mean like 70s Top Gear. I mean the early Clarkson Top Gear. First couple seasons, they had all kinds of problems with reflections. You can watch them slide down the side of a car. You can see the track. You can see the reflection of the camera. Somebody got smart to, oh, my gosh, we're seeing that. We have to do better. And that has changed shoot tactics, too. And here, I I was going to say, like, your lenses are smudged or something. And... (laughs) 
I just want everybody listening to know that whenever I go to Todd's house, his son asks me about Star Wars. He's so into it, and I know nothing. Yeah. I mean, part of it, I kind of want to keep knowing nothing. I have seen the latest Star Wars film. Yes, I have. I went with my nephew. He's yes. 14. We went to the theater, and I did enjoy it. But I just – I the, the minutia yeah. of Star Wars, I'm just going and, – and so your son will ask me, okay, what character do you want to be? I'm like, ah, looking at Todd <laughs> – one of hey, them. Help hey, me here. Name a character. Yeah. Help me. What What should I be? Who am yeah. I? I know Jabba the Hutt, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, and Leia. And that's yeah. and she has buns on her ears or something. <laughs> I, that's about as much as I know about you Star Wars. You kind of pride yourself on not knowing Star Wars. I kind of And that do. is a world that my son doesn't understand. He doesn't understand how that's possible. How could you not love Star Wars? How could, <laughs> I mean, you know. Anyway. Although I, I keep yeah, thinking I that. that we should have – they should make a movie that is – Wolverine with lightsabers in place of those claws. Everybody would watch that movie. It's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You can make them grow as long as you want, as short as you want. You could <laughs> shave with them. You could like slice the moon in half from where you're standing on Earth. You could make them super long. How cool a movie would that be? Wolverine with lightsabers. Dot Wolverine, com. Wolverine dot com. <laughs> oh no! Come on, Wolverine the Jedi. There are there are multiple <laughs> fanboys right now planning your death. Just so you know, they're just That's they're they're cool, plotting your death. Cool they're going to show up at your at your doorstep in their costumes, and you're going to die terribly. I'm just letting you know it's going to happen. Yeah, I think everybody would watch that. I mean, they did Predator and Alien. I mean, come on. So why not Wolverine and? lightsabers or whatever those things are anyway oh and we're off in the weeds okay we should probably close this down shall we i'm gonna say (laughs) in spite of the story we've just told we'd love for you to rate the podcast it is now uh not only on stitcher but also on google play and many of you are listening to it there which is great of course uh stitcher and itunes both have the ability for you to rate it and that does help our uh us grow in actually just viewership and other people finding us and we're increasing in just our scope as a result of that so thank you for doing that and please continue yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for listening, for watching. The Mustangs drops this Thursday. So that is Thursday. Mm-hmm. What day is that? The 5th? May 5th, 2016. And uh, we are looking forward to sharing that with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. And let's just say the piece is cool. loud. It is, it is loud. just loud. So we can't wait to share that. Please comment. Please watch. And in the meantime, please pick up a copy of our films. I will plug the films because uh, I've got sure. Blu-rays. They are here I'm waiting to ship those to you and write you a note of thanks. So anyway, thank you guys for listening, for watching, and until later in the week, we will talk to you then.